Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The tremendous Thursday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. Uh, Awesome 60 minutes on the way. We will talk win totals in the National Football League. We will guess them for the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars and get you up to speed on what their offseason looks like, what's important, uh, players that they need to bring back and uh, areas of need. And we'll go through the schedule, talk about, you know, what we what we expect from both those teams this year with two you know high ceiling quarterbacks can they reach those ceilings we will discuss coming up in a little bit we'll also get you set with an early look at NFL Defensive Player of the Year Micah Parsons is the favorite in the market is he the most likely player to win we will uh, talk about it coming up here in a couple moments but we wanted to hit a couple college basketball topics here to start the hour and all our bets for tonight by the way coming up next hour on the show the Power Hour. The final hour. Um, we haven't done any college hoops, Ken, coming off of last night. A billion games, and uh, they went pretty well for us. I think betting-wise, the biggest topic for me coming out of last night is Tennessee, a team that I have kind of like largely dismissed, and I think a lot of people have dismissed also because of the head coach, Rick Barnes, who for a long time has kind of been a punchline, a guy that can win a ton of games in the regular season, certainly someone that's worthy of being a coach at a major program, so it's not like he's a bad coach, a bad recruiter, but uh, can't get it done in the big spots, and it's kind of been, we've seen it basically his entire career at Texas, and now and now at Tennessee, I think the difference this year might be, might that he's got like an all-world player, and I understand like he had Kevin Durant at Texas, but this and and not that Dalton Connect is going to be like an all-time NBA player, but he's a really good college college player right now. So Connect last night for Tennessee in their win against Auburn, winning that game by eight, covering the spread. Unfortunately for my guy Cannon, for I think Tyler bet Auburn as well. Dalton Connect scores thirty-nine points in this game. Tennessee's won eleven of thirteen. They've won five straight games. They're going to play Bama on Saturday. We'll talk about that coming up in a second. Do you think Ken? that we are kind of overlooking Tennessee because they've got this kind of all-world scorer. And maybe it's, yeah, Rick Barnes stinks. Also, he's got an amazing player, uh, a singularly great player that might be able to carry them through the tournament. Where are you at right now on Tennessee following last night's win? Again, they've won five straight and 11 of 13 overall. Yeah, if you could uh, just, uh, what the what is the MGM price on them to win too, I'd be curious about. I think that'll be part of my argument um, for why I would pass them right now. Just uh, they kind of exist in, I guess, like the second tier for me, um, you know, uh, historical criteria, just, uh, you know, I have a broken record sometimes, but like, this is how I handicap stuff like this. Um, who tends to win? What do they tend to look like? What areas are they successful in? Uh, this year, these are questions that Tennessee actually has some pretty good answers to versus a lot of other teams, like Kentucky, for example, whose answers are, well, we don't defend at all. Can we win anyway? And the answer is no. Um, and so for Tennessee, like, pretty balanced, pretty good at a lot of stuff. Um, I guess like the question is like, is 
is connected enough to overcome the fact that they they won't be one of the most talented teams in the field, like in terms of like a top three or top five talented team, is connected enough to overcome that, right? And I think that's what you've hit on. And my answer is maybe, um, but I wouldn't feel as confident about it as I would about some of the other teams. And now I see the prices on the screen and they're in their price range. So what's, do you want to just read the MGM, like top of the market real quick, and we can kind of go from there? Sure, here's where we're at right now. This is to win the national championship. Uh, Connecticut uh, is the sole favorite right now, and they would go back-to-back and win two straight. Connecticut is 5-1. to one. Purdue and Zach Eady at 7-1. to one. Houston at plus 750. Interesting game for Houston going on the road to Norman on Saturday to play Oklahoma. Uh, Arizona, which I think is Ken's preferred choice right now, is at 10. Tennessee is 12. So we've talked a lot about, and we talked about this with Jay Billis on the show yesterday, like the big four right now in college hoops, UConn, Purdue, Houston, Arizona. Tennessee is like the next team on the odds board right now to win the national championship. So Tennessee is at 12, Alabama, North Carolina, Auburn at 18, Kansas 20, Iowa State at 20, Kentucky at 22. My Marquette, my Golden Eagles at 25, Ken, along with Duke. Yeah, I think so the problem here is, um, you know, and, and Billis alluded to this too, like he kind of puts the four teams together. I agree, Justin, that they're the four one seeds. I would dismiss Purdue immediately for a few reasons, but I really like the other three: Houston, UConn, Arizona. Uh, I think if you gave me like those three versus the field, like I'd bet anybody anything, depending on price, like if fair price on those three versus everybody else, and I think I'd get the winner a lot. Um, Purdue, I don't like very much, and then the, so the conversation has to be all right, like who's after that, and in what order. And my problem here is that. Like you're selling Tennessee. This is not like you're doing something wrong, but just the framing, right? Is well, like Rick Barnes never gets there, and they're a team no one wants in the tournament. And so, like, is this a year to finally do it? Well, my problem is they're not that in the market. They're a team a lot of people want. They're fifth. They're a team a lot of people want. So, like, they they have to be valuable to be a bet, <laughs> and they're and they're just not. Like, they're very clearly worse than those four teams. They very clearly don't have like insane upside like we like it'd be like well dalton connect we know he's really good that's why they're 12. like that's why they're that so it's like okay now what like what else you got and they're you know this is where you get into the intangible stuff barnes versus the other coaches um and it's just you're never gonna like them at the price now if you made that case like let's say they beat auburn 92 84 and tennessee is 30 to 1 and they're the 13th best team in the country Okay, like can they get can they should they be the fifth best team? And when we get to the tournament, can they be the fifth best team? That's a legitimate argument. So like what I'd be looking for now is look, like I haven't bet any of these teams to win the tournament. I am very likely to bet some combination of Yukon, Houston, and Arizona, depending on how they finish. Um there are teams that can get to that level that aren't priced like it. Tennessee's priced like it. Tennessee and Arizona almost have the same price. Like that's my problem. But like Duke isn't priced like that right now. They can get their profile really close to those other teams with how they play down the stretch. North Carolina is kind of in between. They're 18. They're better in some places. They can get their profile pretty close. They're not priced like it. If you were going to bet now, you should just be thinking like, what is this price going to be on March 17th when the bracket is revealed? And some of that is going to be luck. It's going to be what region do they get drawn into? Who is there? If you're a one seed, who's your two? If you're a two, who's your one? Like you would much rather have Purdue as your one than any of the other ones, my opinion. Um, you know, in terms of like the teams you could draw, Arizona wouldn't be bad versus the other two. You draw UConn, I feel like you're drawing that almost to get out of the region probably. So like that's luck driven, but there's a second component, which is just like, 
you know, if you're uh, if you're Duke right now or you're North Carolina or you're Marquette, who has the rematch game with UConn coming up in a little bit, like, can they get themselves to a 12 or to a 14 to one to win the tournament? That's all I'd be looking at right now. And if your answer is like, well, I don't really know then just wait till the bracket comes out and then you don't have the luck part. Now the luck is removed and we know what the spreads are going to be and we'll project the tournament and you can bet the team that you like. The only thing I'd be thinking, like Tennessee's a 12 that's going to be 12. Like they're not a 12 that's going to be six or a 12 that's going to be eight. Like, so if if even if you like them, why now? Like who, who are they getting ahead of, of that big four that we talked about? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. Um, yeah, just like, I, I think it's going to be fascinating when the bracket comes out, seeing like what Tennessee's path might be, Marquette, UNC, Duke, like the teams outside of that big four, like Kentucky, who, who gets even the best? though I don't like Kentucky, them, even though I yeah, don't like Kentucky. them, like what if Kentucky gets Purdue, you know, like I just and uh, get to the final four. I think, oh man, I would love Purdue against Kentucky. Like a regional final. Kentucky keeps playing. I know regional final seems out of the question for Kentucky right now, but like if they like blitz the, total the second part of this. Game? What would the total be in like a Purdue Kentucky region? This, this is where title? I still wish I had the projections where I could like run it and actually tell you. I mean, Kentucky. Like Zach Eady would score like fifty points in that game. Eady would score like fifty points in that game. Maybe Kentucky would still well, win. I think there's. I'm guessing their strategy would just be to run them. You know, like Kentucky's deeper. Let's play at a super fast pace, and Eady's gassed, and we'll take it from there. And yeah, when he touches the ball, it's a free two points, but we'll still win anyway. I'm sure that'll be. You know, that's that is a very simplistic strategy from someone who is not a basketball coach. That's just like how I would think about the game. It sounded um, good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, right? That's my future future in life is to be a like a sixth grade basketball coach, some job that I could actually get where I could coach basketball. Uh, yeah, I just. You know, like the the this is where the matchups will be really interesting. My my theory on college basketball futures, and then we can do um we can do some games for Saturday or whatever. But just my theory on this stuff is always I think a lot of people that follow the sport really closely like to bet long shot teams at the start of the season, right? Hundred to ones, two hundred to ones, eighty to ones. I'm gonna get ahead of this because I think this team's really good, and I think they have a chance to be a really low price going into the tournament. I just don't know enough to do that. And I can't devote enough time to do that. Like, I just, I don't have that. I don't have that ability. And there are people who do, and God bless them. There are people that had San Diego State like 300 to one in the final last year because like they just, you know, in the, at the start of the year, they weren't being priced like a team that was reasonable. And then they were very reasonable and they almost won the championship. But like, so I, I think that's an okay time to bet because you're obviously betting stuff that's going to be wildly different four months into the future, right? I remember the year that Gonzaga... Uh, was a one seed with Kelly Olynyk and lost to uh, Wichita State in the second round when Wichita State made like all the three pointers, um, like made shot like sixty percent from three and beat Gonzaga. Pretty sure that was second round game in eh, like twelve, maybe something like that, um, maybe eleven. And I had bet Gonzaga like November twentieth at forty five to one to win the tournament, and they went in as like the favorite to win the tournament. So that kind of betting, I'm into. I get it. Um, I just, I can't devote it. But then once that window ends, like December 1st, November, Thanksgiving, Maui Invitational, like cats out of the bag, you know who the good teams are at that point, too, too late. Um, then to me, there just is, isn't another window to bet these teams until we know the bracket. There just isn't. You're, there's too much luck in play. Like, oh, I bet this price. That's awesome. Well, too bad. Now UConn's the next game. Whoops. And you're never going to know. You're going to have no idea. And the committee's dumb. They do bad stuff all or the like, time. You can't project Like you bet Illinois a couple years ago and you get Loyola in the second round. Yeah, you get Loyola round. Like in the second draw. round. Oh, sorry. Great futures bet, though. Glad you bet it. Glad you're holding your money for 60 days on a, on a flip of the coin. 
on who the one's going to be that you have to play. In the NBA playoffs, at least you kind of know what the path's going to be. And maybe you like the matchup, maybe you don't. At least you know a week or two in advance when you make the bet. You got no idea with a, a bunch of people that like put, put the wrong seeds in all the time and put teams in some really stupid situations just to make the travel work or something. You're going to you're gonna put your you're gonna put your money behind those people that they know what they're doing and you're going to get a good draw or a fair draw even hard hard to see that like yeah like okay if you like tennessee if they get purdue i'd like them more if they get yukon they're drawing dead still want to bet them flip of the coin and you don't get to you have no agency in that it's just the committee of people that determine whether your bet wins or not it's not a game it's not a basketball game just like it's a fixed fixed yeah hashtag, yeah hashtag fixed hashtag void tennessee i just uh you know faxed i just it just doesn't uh it doesn't it doesn't like fly with me in terms of like a, a futures betting strategy if you want to pick off the big wrong prices at the start i think you're on to something and if you want to do the work i think there are some good bets to be made there otherwise like let me get all the data from the season let me get the draw and i still think i can get the winner and maybe make some money but other than that like those are your two entry points for me and here's what's fun so like ken saying like maybe not now is not the time to do that right trying to pick off like the huge prices because they don't exist anymore um but when the bracket comes out we're going to be on the air. So this yeah, show has been like confirmed, right by the way. Yeah. yeah. So seven, and like we'll, we'll obviously promote this a ton as we approach it. So it's St. Patrick's Day, Selection Sunday, March 17th. Uh, Ken and I will be doing a two-hour show, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. On selection Sunday night, hopefully not. I'd like to be sober during the show, yeah. um, and not like and whiskey turned. I haven't had whiskey uh, since like 2008, probably, because it turns me into Satan. So it's been it's been like more than 15 years since I've had any whiskey. Uh, but so selection Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll hit every region, early Final Four picks, early National Championship pick, games we like in round one. Absolutely cannot wait for that. 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Sunday night, March 17th. Better known to you and yours. Selection Sunday. Um, I'm off tomorrow flying to Palm Beach in the morning. I have a couple spots. Saturday spots that I've circled. Double S. That I've circled for, uh, circle spelled with an S also. Uh, circled mm. for Saturday. I would like to run them by you here. Now, we don't yeah. have markets. There are no markets available yet. But right. now, Ken, I think you can maybe like project some of these based off like Ken Palm or whatever. But yeah, this yeah, is we'll kind of like where a, my a range. head's at. I'll give you a okay. range of where we're going to open. It's going to be pretty close. Yeah. I would like to start, please. So I have three that I that I definitely like, and then one that I'm a little on the fence on. Uh, okay. Let's start, just to continue this theme here with Tennessee. So Tennessee plays at Alabama on Saturday. So Tennessee, again, has won five straight, 11 of 13. Bama followed off getting blown out by Kentucky last weekend um, by blowing out Ole Miss last night. I had forgotten, by the way, that Chris Beard was their coach, and I'm happy I forgot that because I might not have made the bet if that had been the case because I saw Chris Beard and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> at Bama on Saturday. Oh, oh dear. Uh, Tennessee at Bama. The ratings in most places for these two teams are, are really even, but Tennessee's rated slightly better. Um, couple points per 100. So figure out, figure the home court advantage built in. Alabama, a small favorite would probably be my guess. And then is this going to be one of those games where, again, like, Alabama just gets bet out to six or something like something preposterous, even though there's like, you know, there was no difference between Tennessee and Auburn either. And then they played in Tennessee in a close seven. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Alabama's going to be favored, probably opens one possession, gets bet out just because that's the way all these games have gone. That would be my guess. I'm going to bet Tennessee with extreme confidence. 
extreme. I would do so five, five seconds before the game. I would do so. It would probably be your uh, your avenue to make a bet. the The Ken Palm number for the game is uh, <laughs> it's Alabama by two. I you can open there. I just think in these SEC games, you just take home team money all the time. It seems like so. That's probably what's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, so that'll be the first. I'll run another three by Ken to start next segment, but I'll be betting Tennessee and Dalton Connect for shot. Connect's going to score 40 points in this game against Alabama. So I'll take Tennessee on Saturday against Bama. A couple more hashtag Saturday spots from yours truly, and then we'll start talking National Football League here on a Thursday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. I like it. No foul. But they find Juwan Roberts all alone at the other end. Terrific patience that time by Emmanuel Sharp. Did not panic. Here's Thomas for three. And time runs out on the Bearcats. Houston extends their win streak over Cincinnati to 10 games. They're the first in the Big 12 to eight league wins. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. ESPN courtesy of the call. And like, I, I won my bet on this game, and the end game was like the final two minutes of game time was like a half an hour. It was excru- stupid sports sometimes. Also, I loved it. And I won with Cincinnati. It was really great. Uh, you better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. We'll get to the National Football League coming up in a moment. Ken has already donned his eight buckets hat. Mine is, uh, mine is right here. I'll put it on in a second, and we'll talk some National Football League here on the show. But a couple more Saturday spots to go over here because I'm off tomorrow. Just some games that I'm already eyeing for the weekend. We already talked about Tennessee and Bama. I'll bet Tennessee at the death right before the game starts on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Let's talk about Houston's game, Ken, against Oklahoma on uh, on Saturday. So I went against Houston with Cincinnati after like a couple games of betting on Houston. So now Houston travels to Norman to take on Porter Moser and the Sooners. What uh, what do you have here as the projection for the for this game? Like what 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 does Ken Palm make this right now? This is uh, this projects as Houston seven on the road. I'd be curious if uh, probably look the opener is going to be really close to that. Almost certainly, I don't think there's injury stuff with either team right now. Um, so it'll open close, and then it's just where does it go from there? What would your? I mean, you uh, you probably have your finger on the pulse of these teams way more than I do. What would be your best guess about like if it opens six and a half seven? Like what would happen at that point? Um, would we would we see money on one team or another? Would that would that be about what it closed at? Houston's been such a good regular season team. What would be your guess there about like when you would want to make the bet you'd want to make? I feel like Houston um that gets bet out in basically every game. Sure seems like it. So even on um even the other night against I, and like the, it didn't really move them. I think it may have closed fourteen the other night after it was thirteen and a half for most of the day. But Houston definitely got bet before tip off. Like it was thirteen and a half, fifteen. It may have closed fourteen. Um, so my sense is maybe it opens like seven and Houston will get bet. Maybe not like a ton, but I think that did Baylor get bet? They did. A, did they a little bit? Three to two they and a half. May have gotten, like but but Houston got bet up. I think in that game, and then Baylor got bet before tip. Okay. It's a little different. There wasn't like a consistent uh, direction in terms of like which way the, the market was moving. There was kind of some disagreement. Yeah, because obviously that would be the last road game, right, that they played. The Cincy game was at home. Yeah, so just as like a and like a really, really, really strong team I'm trying to see like what other game they played at Cincy like two and a half weeks ago. I don't remember the market for that game. Um, 
yeah, like in general, they've been a play on team. That's like that's like kind of a funny one with uh, with you have like such a good team, and it's a, it's weird, especially in major conference play with like a, a pretty good opponent on, at home. Like you don't see a seven very often in a game. Like just like a funny like a funny market. Like look, Houston played in the American. They were twenty on the road against a bunch of those teams. Like it just was a it was you know men and boys in terms of like just the difference between the teams. Yeah, like Oklahoma hasn't played very well. What do I think would happen there? Um, I bet you'd get a close pretty close to that. Just like this is a pretty shallow analysis, but just yeah, it'd be my best guess. Uh, I did not think, and like I've been betting Houston a bunch recently. Um. I bet them against Baylor. They're probably lucky to win that game, right? With Baylor breaking some free throws at the end of regulation and then Houston pulling sure. away. Um, at overtime, Baylor dominated the second half. And, like, Houston was never going to lose to Cincinnati. Like, they were up, like, the entire game, basically, like, within the range of what the point spread was, which was 13 and a half. I think since he ends up losing the game by eight or nine, and I, I watched it because I, I bet the game and I ended up watching a good amount of it. Like, Houston's awesome. I don't think it was, like, a great performance by, by Houston. So Oklahoma last night loses to Iowa State. They lose by 13. They... They can't make a bucket in the game. They go 3 of 17 from downtown. They score 45 points. I think Porter Moser's still a really good coach. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna back Oklahoma here in this game, Ken. I'm going to take the points with the Sooners on Saturday against Houston. May God have mercy on my soul. But that's, a, that's the yeah. second Saturday spot. Okay. What do you got for number three? Uh, so this one will be the contingent. And I looked before the show, and I think Tyler Kolick's going to play on Saturday okay. for Marquette. So he left last night's game, Marquette's blowout against Providence with an oblique injury. I think I saw reporters say, like, not serious, like definitely expected to play. So Marquette travels to Creighton, uh, played on both these teams last night. They both won in blowout fashion. Creighton destroyed Seton Hall. Creighton's obviously a great home team. Um, both these teams are really good. I'm fascinated what what like, what like you think the market open will be here. Um, uh, no one's going to be surprised here. I'm betting Marquette if Kolek plays and he's healthy. Yeah, so these teams are have been pretty evenly rated, I think, most of the season, honestly. Uh the I was gonna see. Yeah, so they, they played and the, the first meeting between the teams probably doesn't tell you a lot. It was uh, you know, two months ago. Like literally it was in twenty twenty three when they played the first meeting. Uh and it was obviously at Marquette and they beat Creighton by five. Um I think well the look, the the Ken Palm number for the game, look, Creighton has a really strong home court advantage. The number is Creighton by four. Um, I think the interesting thing will be like, so Kolek's going to play. We say that like kind of, we think that's what it's going to be. It doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Like, does it open a little more with the idea that he might be less than a hundred percent of the game? That would just kind of be my idea. And you have like a team with a really strong home court anyway in Creighton, like maybe does it open four and a half, five to kind of account for like what people just watched in the last game. That would be my only thing on this one. Um, God, another game where I think you would like people would like the home team a lot at these kind of numbers, but yeah, figure like open four, four and a half, maybe a little more to account for like Kolek uncertainty, and then that can easily like just get bet back down when it seems more likely that he's going to play and it's not a big deal. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not saying I'm definitely going to bet Marquette if he's like full bill of health, like definitely going to go. Then I'll be interested in the Golden Eagles in this game on Saturday. And the final one, and this one I'm a little iffy on, and I'm curious your opinion here, just kind of like what do you think on like first first blush and like if Tyler, sure. I think Tyler's like feeling it. Tyler, if you want to pop on and tell us your early thought on this game, also feel free. Um, big game in the Big Twelve on Saturday in Waco oh, well. as Baylor as Baylor hosts Kansas. Baylor yeah. will be coming off the win against TCU on the road in Fort Worth. Kansas coming off losing at home to BYU. So what do you think we'll see with Kansas at Baylor on Saturday? 
this uh <laughs> it's so funny like i i don't oh man i don't watch nearly as many games as i used to so sometimes the projection will even surprise me with like i i always hold kansas as like like my mental rating for them is always just a little higher than they probably are in some of the years where they're they're down where i was like like really that would be the number with kansas really um the 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 ken palm number is baylor by five and uh <laughs> man i i just i think i I just on site i think i'd like kansas at that kind of a number in that kind of me too <laughs> but i just me too. I, that's, I mean boy that's that's take that from somebody who hasn't watched the teams a lot this year but uh you you don't you don't really have any other angles in the game the uh, both teams played really early in the week, so the travel's minimal. There isn't like a play Thursday, play Saturday angle here. Um, you know, I'd probably want to like learn a little bit more about health for both teams to make sure there wasn't something that I missed. But yeah, like that kind of a number. Uh, yeah, would probably the first meeting between the teams was a one possession game won by Kansas at the Fog. Uh, that was about two and a half weeks ago. So you know, I'm, I'm just not sure that's the difference between the teams but i think you that'll be the opener that you get that could that could actually be one like if that opens five or five and a half or something i feel like you you maybe would see kansas get bad in that kind of a situation yeah that like a i guess a pretty decent zigzag spot right kansas coming off like getting blown not blown out but i mean losing but pretty comfortably at home to byu and baylor almost beats houston and then like thumps tcu on the road here and uh and it's gonna be a big number one one other thing in that game because i did remember seeing this so and I, Tyler would know more about this. Like Kevin McCullough is one of Kansas's best players. He missed the game against BOJ. Billis brought this up yesterday. Yeah. And like he, I, I thought there was like a story that like going into the BYU game, there was like a chance he was going to play and then he didn't play. And so obviously like his potential return in that game. And, it, you know, it could end up being that he's out for much longer. But I remember seeing that kind of an update where I was like, Oh, like that could end up disrupting that market a little bit. Obviously, like a really important player for them, but he didn't play against BYU. Like, obviously, if he played, you would you would probably see some kind of like a small market correction because he's because he's pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to see. Do we have? Oh, so we have a uh, an update on McCuller from Bill Self in inside of an hour. I think he's okay. doing better. I don't know when he'll play next, but I think he's doing better. Hopefully, we can get him back out there. There's a chance he'll play at Baylor if he can practice full speed tomorrow. Uh, okay, go. so still like. So we don't know. Basically, right, right, right. It's, like, it's like Joel Embiid. It's like it, it is first update in more than two months. Joel Embiid tells us there's no timetable for his return. That's <laughs> like, oh, oh, well, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, thanks a lot. And, and to be fair, and to be fair, it's Thursday, and we're talking about games for Saturday. So those are some of the Saturday spots. So that's the one I'm most iffy on. Marquette, if I feel really good about Colex Health, Tennessee against Bama, and Oklahoma against Houston will be plays for yours truly coming up on Saturday. All right, you better you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Thursday. Let's don the uh, the old bucket hats here, and let's talk some NFL win totals for the coming season. Uh, we continue here, Ken, in the American Football Conference. And there are no markets right now, but they'll be open within the next couple months. And this is to, you know, get you, our listener and viewer, up to speed on like what these markets are going to be. So you can start thinking in your head, hey, this is what I want to do if the number opens this. I'd like to bet over or under or, or pass if you think the number is just right. So yesterday, we rolled through three of the teams in the AFC North. We did not get to, though, the Cleveland Browns off of a playoff appearance this past year, despite starting five quarterbacks over the balance of the season, enough to get Kevin Stefanski Coach of the Year, Joe Flacco Comeback Player of the Year, and Miles Garrett Defensive Player of the Year. So Deshaun Watson is hurt. 
um, you know, about halfway through the season. Watson's going to start throwing next month for the Browns. He is on track to obviously be ready for training camp and for week number one. Now, the Browns did lose Bill Callahan, like one of the best offensive line coaches of all time. He will join his son, Brian Callahan, on the staff in Tennessee with the Titans. And I, I kind of think, just like my opinion as like a football observer, if you like Cleveland this year, you want to like Cleveland. And I know, Ken, that you made a Super Bowl bet on the Browns. They, they got to upgrade the weaponry for Watson. Like Amari Cooper's awesome. David Njoku's great. You got to have like a really good secondary pass catcher, a wide receiver at least, opposite Amari Cooper. They don't have one right now. And we'll see what they do with Nick Chubb coming off the devastating injury. Are they going to bring Nick Chubb back to Cleveland this season? So roll us through the Browns' schedule here, uh, what we're looking at, and then let's uh, let's guess a win total for this team. Yeah, sure. And we look, we did the other teams in the division already. Uh, this is the toughest division in the NFL. It has the highest average rating, almost certainly, of the four teams because there isn't a really bad team. Like you would say, like, well, Pittsburgh is the fourth best team. Great. Pittsburgh made the playoffs last year with a backup quarterback. So just like they're going to be better. And the other three teams will be better too. Watson will ideally play more. Burrow will almost certainly play more games, even if he doesn't play the whole season. Uh, Baltimore maybe doesn't have quite as good a health because they had great health this year, but like they'll be really good too. So that's kind of what you're what you're up against here. And you know the Browns in another division might be the favorite to win the division. In this division, they're third, and they're third by a lot. Uh, with Cincinnati and Baltimore both more likely to make it. Uh, the Browns particulars last year, and as I'm reading these, just remember a couple things. One. Uh, Watson didn't play very many games. Um, and when he, he played a couple games in like where he was playing with an injury, which you obviously, if you're a Browns fan, you wouldn't want to happen again. You would want him to be fully healthy as much as possible. The team also had, uh, among the worst injury luck at all positions that any team had last year, games missed games missed by prominent players, their offensive line, which is like one of the absolute strengths of the team. One of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, they were on like tackle number five by the end of the season, like a, almost like a, an impossibly bad run of, of luck in terms of tackles on their offensive line, uh, where typically they're really, really, really good in that area. Usually they run the ball really well, protect the passer really well. So as I do these particulars, remember like they didn't have any of that. They had none of it for the whole year. They didn't even have any of it for two-thirds of the year. Uh, they won 11 games last year with a Pythagorean expectation, the points they score and allow, of 9.5. So they played like a 9.5 win team and won 11. So they kind of outperformed expectation. Usually that's performance in close games. Um, and when you get beat, do you get blown out? This was a team that started Dorian Thompson-Robinson against the Ravens and got run off the field. So that's obviously going to contribute partly to the points for and allowed. Like, do you even dock them for something like that? I think the, the thing to consider there is – this is a team that even that won an above average number of games, like one over 500 and performed like an over 500 team, despite everything I just said. So what happens when it's not that, I guess would be my question. What happens when it's way better, when it's way rosier, when the health outlook is much better? Statistically, uh, they were a terrible offense last year because, you know, all the quarterbacks that played <laughs> here's here's Jeff Driscoll in week 18. They were 28th in DVOA on offense. But they were second on defense, and a lot of those defensive players are going to be back this year. Uh, obviously, um, Schwartz won the assistant coach of the year, coordinator of the year, or whatever that was at NFL Honors. That was the fourth award that they got. Uh, Schedule-wise, they draw the NFC East and the AFC West. This is the same as the rest of their division. The game's unique to them in their own division. They will play Jacksonville, Miami, and the Saints which is a pretty tough draw for a team that like didn't win their own division. Uh, those are yeah. three games that are, there's no auto wins there. Again, just to compare this to Cincinnati that we did yesterday, one of the reasons Cincinnati's price is going to be really low to win their division. So Cleveland gets Jacksonville, Miami, and New Orleans. Cincinnati gets Tennessee, New England, and Carolina. 
basically the three worst teams in the league. They get all of them and nobody else gets them. That's a huge advantage for Cincinnati that Cleveland doesn't have. It's one of the reasons why the price is different. Um, so those are kind of all of their particulars. Uh, I just think the upside for this team, if they can do this when no one plays and the coaches stay the same and the quarterback still has some theoretical upside, what, what do they do when people play three quarters of the season, 80% of the season, more than that? Uh, I think there's a chance they can be the one seed next year and win the most games. All right, we'll talk about this more on the other side. We'll guess the win total for the Cleveland Browns, and if the strategy is like to bet Cleveland to go over the win total, or like Ken just said, bet them to be the one seed, bet them to be the Super Bowl with extreme outcomes potentially in play. We'll also get to the Jacksonville Jaguars as well to wrap up our number three. Nick and Ken, you better you bet on this Thursday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Watch formation to the right, second and goal. Watson looking to run. No, oh, able to get the pass away from behind the line of scrimmage and more as a Browns touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. King Kenny Albert on the call this past season. God, that gets me excited for football. Here's like a Elijah Moore touchdown. And I'm thinking, what fantasy team would I have had him on? Would I have bet his anytime touchdown price? Just like, yeah, baby. Yes. Sports are, sports are just the absolute best. Um, couple items to get to here before we get back to eight buckets, Browns, and then we'll hit the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our final segment for the day on Stadium. So if you're watching us on Stadium and you want to check out the final hour, power hour of the show, I would encourage you to do so. Jake the Snake's going to give us bets for the Major League Baseball season. We're going to give you all our bets for tonight across the various sports. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. You go to YouTube also, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports or the Odyssey app or Sirius XM Satellite Radio or Terrestrial Radio or Twitch, twitch.tv backslash BetQL. And if you'd like to purchase your own 8 Buckets Buckets hat, bucket, bucket, singular, your 8 Buckets Bucket hat, Check out YouBetterYouBetShop.com. You can get t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, short-sleeve, uh, sweatshirts, all sorts of good stuff with all your favorite You Better You Bet slogans on them. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That's YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All right, we set the stage on the Cleveland Browns in the last segment, Ken. And uh, you're saying you wouldn't be surprised if they're the one seed in the AFC. I agree with you. So what do you think the win total would be, taking into account Baltimore's in the division, Cincy's in the division, Pittsburgh's in the division, and... uh and how would you want to play it for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, look, I mean, I think we know what uh, what creates the win total numbers. You know, yes, it's the team rating, but it's the team rating against the schedule. So, like, you know, we, this is where we found some disagreement last year. You and I both didn't think the Saints were particularly good. I thought it was, like, insane that they would be thought of as an over 500 team. But their schedule was so easy. So like, look, like even if even if you don't like the team, you look at the schedule, that's what creates the market. So the market for the Saints last year was nine and a half. And like, that's because they had perceived easy games. So like, that's what made the market. So with Cleveland, what's going to make the market is the division's impossible. The, the three unique games that they have are pretty difficult versus like what Cincinnati has. So I don't think the number is going to be that high because I think they play a lot of really tough games. Like, and I, and that's okay. Like the, the, the number shouldn't be that high. I just would want to bet the over. Like, I think the team, I think their team quality has the potential to be like with Buffalo and some of the other, like really top teams, maybe not San Francisco, maybe not an improved version of Kansas city, but like in that next group, I think they really have a chance to get there. And if they do, then they have a chance to win a lot of games, obviously. So uh, what do I think the number will be though? Uh, I think so. 
what what did we set Baltimore and Cincinnati? So Baltimore, we were like 10 and a half, 11, right? That was like kind of where we were with the Ravens. And then Cincinnati and Alex, I'll remember what we talked about yesterday. And then Cincinnati, it was like, it has to be really close to that. The schedule is so much easier for them than it is for everybody else. Then this is like a nine and a half, 10. Then that's like probably what this is. And I don't know how the market will kind of respond to like, like if you opened nine and a half on Cleveland, would you take a lot of money right away one way or another? Uh, I don't think so just because of the schedule. Cincinnati, we guess 10 and since and I guess eight for Pittsburgh, maybe eight or eight and a half. So I'll say like nine and a half over for Cleveland, but that might be a little, I mean, the track record of this team is they just won 11 with Flacco. Like I, as you know, like you're going to open nine and a half with everybody back. I'm going to like the over. I just don't know if everybody else is going to like it. I, I will also, let's have a, a subjective conversation here. We're all football sure. fans, right? Um, your level of confidence in Deshaun Watson being like the Watson he was the last time we saw him, which was that 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 stirring comeback when they had against the Ravens. Because he hasn't really been good for most of the time he's been the starter of the Cleveland Browns. But he was great in the last game that we saw him, and obviously we've seen him be really great in the past. And like if you want the Browns to achieve like great things this year, like they could go ten and seven and Watson could be like slightly above average. But if you want them to win the Super Bowl, want them to be the one seed, we could talk about ways to play Cleveland, you need him to be better than he's been. Like, what's your honest level of confidence in Watson kind of reaching those heights again? Lukewarm, but good enough that it was worth betting at a big price. Like, I'm not, not super confident. Yeah. But uh, but possible and more possible that a bunch of these other quarterbacks can play like that, that are priced 50 to one. Like, what, you know, who would I rather bet 50 to one, the Colts or the Browns? Like, I mean, come on. Like, oh, what are we yeah. talking about? Yeah. I just, it's like this, this is the stuff where you just laugh and you go, cool. Like, my, my bet may suck, but it doesn't suck as bad as those. So, like, it's one of those. Um, it just, you know, I, I don't know if he's ever going to look like what he looked like in Houston with the playoff runs. You know, they play Kansas City like this is, you know, they they I remember we did a preview show for the Texans and it was like, these are the next two big quarterback like it's, you know, Watson was in that conversation with all the other young quarterbacks of that era, like he's with them and maybe it never gets back to that for a variety of reasons. But I mean, you no, know, a lot of people like to hype Justin Fields about what he can be. He's never done it. At least this guy did. Like, at least we have some track record that he made the postseason, played well in the playoffs, like put up a huge statistical season on a team that won games. Like, I mean, you're going to try to sell yourself on like the Bears or Fields. Like, Fields took a ton of bets to win MVP. This guy actually did the things that you think Fields does. Like, he actually did it. Um, so it, it at least makes them interesting. I don't know if it makes them valuable. I may be alone in this. And if he's bad, then a lot of these bets are sunk. Like they can still look if he's not very good, they could still make the playoffs. Maybe they could win the division. I mean, this is essentially you're describing last year's team when you say this, where it's like ineffective quarterback play. They were 28, 29th in offense. Like the defense then has to be that good again to carry it. And, you know, I think realistically, the defense will be slightly worse and the offense will be much better. And what does that equal? It equals a profile probably slightly worse than what the Ravens did this year when you have something like that. And if Watson's really, really good, then they are the Ravens from last year, if that's true. But like, it's just, it's, that's the ceiling for them. That's what makes it interesting. So my confidence level is meh, but again, it's what what price are you offering me in the market? And I think they're, you know, look like one in 50. Do I think he's that good and they can actually like lift the trophy at the end? I actually kind of do. I really do. I think more than one in 50 that actually happens just because of how I feel about all the other teams. And I think uh, candidly, if you disagree with that assessment, like you're a hater. 
Like, you're wrong, I think, if you disagree with that. Like, it could be the other 49 outcomes. It could not happen. But to think that it couldn't right. happen, I think, is foolhardy. <laughs> maybe all 50 are the Chiefs. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe all, maybe 50 be. out of 50 are Mahomes. I saw, I don't know. Yeah. I, saw I, don't, I don't know if it was our buddy John Ewing or not. Like, I, th- I, th- I think this was at Ben MGM. If not, it was like another sports book, whatever, that tweeted it. That there are like four times as many bets already on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl as there are any other team for next season. And all I'm thinking is, well, the sports books are going to like have to like maybe make some layoffs. Like maybe some people are going to have to lose their jobs because Kansas City is just probably going to keep winning. Because I did this, you know, I had this going in the Super Bowl. I just, I you know, I I try, I you just tend to over dramatize sometimes because it's like it's good for the show and. I like framing things like aggressively. Like I think this is the end of something or the start of something else. Um, their last year's team, or as a regular season team, was not nearly as good as a bunch of the other Chiefs teams. And they're they don't have like a totally elite. Like if especially if both Snead and Jones don't like if the the pair of them don't come back, then they're going into this year without like an elite regular season offense and an elite regular season defense if they don't have those two back. Now, postseason and Mahomes, totally different story, right? You put that guy in the playoffs, it's just it's unbelievable. But like that wasn't what last year was, not at all. So, you know, I, do I think they are the most likely team to win the Super Bowl next year? Yes, definitely. Who is the most likely team to win the Super Bowl next year? Definitely Kansas City. Um, but by how much and who I think who's second is like, I got in like a bunch of arguments with people already, like not arguments, but just discussions like friends of mine where I'm like, who do you think the second most likely team to win the Super Bowl is? I don't even have a good answer to this. I don't even know who it would be because I really don't like a bunch of the options. I really don't like them. I don't like Baltimore. I don't like Buffalo. I don't like San Francisco. Like Detroit, I guess would be my answer. I, probably. I think Detroit's my answer too. I was thinking well, about think it when about you asked that. the question. Yeah, right? like that just, it's like the Lions are your second most likely team. That's just kind of nuts. I guess maybe it's not nuts. They were in the NFC Championship game. They almost won it. Um, you know, like is, could the Packers be the answer? Could Miami be the answer? Like these are like this is sort of where you start looking, and you're not going to look long after that before you get to Cleveland. So I just you know it's kind of interesting. The Chiefs are going to win. A, like you play play the season fifty times, you can give the Chiefs a whole bunch of them because they're the best and they got the best guy. But sometimes it won't be them, and when it's not them, who is it? Um, I don't like this you know, kind of second through seventh options probably as much as others do. And so that's why I've landed on ideally, honestly, into next year. My goal is probably going to be to have some kind of exposure to the Chiefs, like parlayed with other title winners throughout the year, like the Nuggets and stuff like that, like some kind of position on Kansas City rolling into the season and big long shots. It's going to be both of those together. Like, I don't want the middle. I don't want a lot of the middle this year. Like, I don't like a lot of these teams. I'm just uh I'm bringing BetMGM uh, BetMGM up here. I want to see the price on one. Okay, um, I'm gonna say something that's I don't think is crazy because I'm gonna offer like a breadth of outcomes here. I I said last off season, and I reserve the right to change my mind on this comment because you know it's February and the the this past year season ended in this month. And there's still a lot of time to go before next season. I said last off season, I thought the Rams were the most interesting team in the NFL where. They could be absolutely brutal, or like Stafford could be great. And I had no idea how good Nakua was going to be in the rookie defenders, but just, you know, Stafford, Cup, McVay. Even just Stafford, McVay, like Hall of Fame quarterback, maybe Hall of Fame coach. Maybe they could wildly exceed expectations, and the market was really down on the Rams coming into the year. Um, This is not apples to apples, because the team that we'll discuss to start the power hour, Ken, will not have like a really low win total, even though they missed the playoffs this past year. I would not be surprised... If the Jacksonville Jaguars 
not bottomed out because I think the team's too good and like Lawrence is too good for them to go like three and fourteen if Lawrence is healthy. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went six and eleven. Peterson gets fired. I also wouldn't be surprised if they went like fourteen and three and like figured it out. And like the Lawrence light bulb goes off for Lawrence. Lawrence wins MVP. They bring Josh Allen back. Peterson calls the plays next year. And I, my interpretation of Peterson's comments about, yeah, well, these are discussions that we'll have as to who's going to call the plays. That means he's calling the plays. Because if Press Taylor were calling the plays, he would just say Press Taylor's calling the plays. Peterson's going to call the plays this season for the Jaguars. I would be pretty surprised if that weren't the case. It feels like Jacksonville's upside is to win like 13 or 14 games this year. And there's no way they're going to be priced like that. 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I don't I think they're going to be the team that I think is like the Rams of this offseason where I wouldn't be surprised if they were terrible or freaking awesome. Probably more yeah. likely to be awesome. They uh yeah, we'll do all this obviously after the break. They're just uh when you look at their last season on a piece of paper, you just see insane mediocrity at everything. What is this team really good at being average is my answer to that question. Like they don't have an area of expertise. At least they didn't last year. Final hour power hour coming up next. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Jaguars eight buckets win total. Jake the snake on Major League Baseball. All our bets for tonight. 